Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Man, show here Earl Grant coach of Charleston Cougars out of CAA. Coach, how you doing, brother? Good to talk to you again, man. Doing great, doing great, man. Just uh trying to navigate, you know, everything we got going on right now with you know, start of the season and COVID and things of that nature, but doing great, no complaints, you know. Uh just trying to get ready for the season here starting up next week. No doubt. Because we're to March here, man. Uh my birthday is kind of thing. March 11th is my birthday. It's like I went went downhill on my, my birthday this year. So when that all went down with you and your team and your staff, how was it from going from being together to being separate, being virtual on campus to, to being at home? How was it for you, your players and your staff, man? Well, I mean, it was it was kind of it was kind of crazy, man, because we were up in uh, Washington D.C. for the CAA basketball tournament. You know, when everything kind of broke out and. Uh, you know, they talked about the COVID and they talked about, um, you know, games getting canceled. And I remember we were riding back from D.C., uh, we were traveling back from D.C. to Charleston. And we got back, you know, uh, I went out to Atlanta to go recruiting on a Friday. And um, that was the last day I, I was out because when I left that kid, you know, uh, watching him work out, I left that kid. I got back in my car. I was driving back to Charleston and, and I just listened to radio shows and they talked about the NCAA tournament being canceled and, uh, you know, all the rest of the, the, the conference tournaments being canceled. So it was, it was kind of unbelievable. You know, I mean, you know, I've been 20 years in the profession and never experienced anything like that. So, uh, and then just trying to manage the minds of the players, you know, those guys being back at home, you know, asking us, you know, when they can get back in the gym, when can they come back to campus? We had no answers for them. Um, so it, it was really, really tough, but it forced us to control what we could. And what we could control was our communication. And uh, so we started setting up Zoom meetings and bringing in guest speakers and, and uh, just trying to encourage those guys the best we could and having some team, uh, team exercises. We try to grow as a group. And so we turned a negative into a positive. Well, Dave, I was ask you that. Um... Keeping the young men's mind sharp, you know, I'm in my 30s, you know, you're young men a little younger than I am, but it's like, you know, when things are going badly for young men who haven't had the face of person in their lives before, it can get to them badly. How do you keep their minds right. engaged so they won't get, get depressed, so they can stay up, be know what's going on with, with social injustices, with the pandemic and being right. stuck at home, kind of being a prisoner in their own home. So how was it keeping their minds kind of guided and fresh there? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot throwing at them and, uh, 
in a short period of time. I mean, you talk about all the social unrest and you throw in the COVID and no access to facilities. You can't go work out. You can't play pickup. So that's a that's a that's a triple whammy right there. You know, definitely one time. So you know, just just having conversations with those guys, trying to be intentional with our coaching staff, making sure you know every day or every other day there was some kind of communication with that kid and that parent, just so we knew. Uh, what they were dealing with, um, you know, whether they were struggles, whether they were, you know, managing through everything. And so, again, it, it just it ended up just being a lot of communication, uh, a lot of opportunities to bring the team together as a group through Zoom. Um, you know, the leadership guys, the leadership team, you know, some of our older guys is setting up, you know, like text threads or like a, you know, find like a text thread where they can just stay in touch with each other. But, but uh, the group text, um, so, you know, it, it was it was very, very hard to manage, but I'm glad we got through it. I always feel like adversity is is a good thing uh, for a young man to go through if they can get to the other side of it. So, you know, not to say that we're at the other side of all adversity, but we still got a season to go through. But I think we have seen some tough things, and I think the guys have shown some great, you know, toughness and perseverance and uh, trying to get through all of that stuff. Definitely, Coach. I know you probably had your assistant coaches help out, with academic advisors help out with the young men. So going from in person to being a virtual, it's not easy. People think it's easy, but it's not. So how is that trying to get the young men with your staff and the academic advisors and support staff to make sure the young men's grades stay up high in that spring semester over the summer as well as they get ready to now coming back, you know, being kind of maybe hybrid or being kind of virtual as well right now? Yeah, I mean, that, that was a challenge because, you know, you got to be a self-starter, self-motivator, man to do that online stuff. So if you at home, you know, say for instance in the spring, if you at home and you got every class on Zoom, then I mean, you know, you get you can wake up when you want to wake up. Uh you don't have to be in class. You know, uh you could actually be, you know, in a class walking around the neighborhood, you know, because you got your phone in your hand. So there was a lot of distractions as it pertained to the online you know, adjustment uh, for, for these young men. But uh, I think they manage well. You know, I think these kids are pretty resilient. You find out that they know how to adjust, uh, adjust, adjust and adapt. They know how to do it. And so they show great resiliency. And uh, you know, I know my guys, they got through it. And then now it's interesting because, you know, you got hybrid schedules where some guys online, some guys in class, some have an option, whether they go in or be online. So I'm having a hard time keeping up with if my guys are online or in class, you know, wow. flexibility that the professors are giving them, you know, but again, at this point, man, we've been very competitive academically. Uh, we've been making it work. We got 10 days left in this semester of class. So we can get through these 10 days. We'll be able to just focus on some basketball for about a month, month and a half. And, and uh, so far we've, we've done a good job of adjusting to it. Being a basketball coach, you, know, you never want to get your guys injured. So how's it been when it was inactive all those that much to ramp them back up so you don't have a nagging knee, ankle groin, or anything that nags all your long? So how's that ramp up been for, for you and your guys here so, so far? Well, I mean, we got a big-time athletic uh, trainer, uh, Chris Horschel here, and we have a unbelievable strength and conditioning coach, Mark Proto. You know, just communicating with them, trying to come up with a plan. And uh, what we did – you know, was we just try to phase them back in. They came back, and I told my staff, you know, I don't want to see a bunch of hardcore workouts. 
Like, so when we brought them back, man, we were very patient and we were just giving them daily vitamins every day, man. Let's get some shooting. Let's get some basic ball handling. You know, let's, let's get some sprint work, but more like at 60%. So you ain't cutting and turning so hard. Uh, just really focusing on the young man's development. And we did that for about the first, you know, month. And then we got to another phase where we started to go, you know, groups of two, uh, groups of six, two groups of six, where we started picking up our pace a little bit, doing some three-on-three, you know, doing some one-on-one. So it took a month before we really started to go bone-on-bone. And then, you know, we just kept phasing it in to where we could get to 100%. Um, But we're at practice number 24 today. Uh, You know, we've been rocking and rolling pretty good. We've been very competitive. And so we just – prayerful and hoping that, um, you know, we can continue to keep this thing going in the right direction as we get ready to start up our season next week. Yeah, speaking of next week, Coach, you know, I can only imagine I'm coming up with your rotations and getting guys missed the right way when they haven't really, really exerted themselves for a long time. Go streaming, just kind of see what you got. So how's it been trying to install stuff, you know, putting everything you want to put in and knowing you ever, they haven't saw any scrimmages yet, as you start up next week and also knowing who you're going to play, you know, when guys haven't been in that groove at the way, way you want them to be all year long as right. basketball's become all year long, year-round sport. Yeah, yeah. It, it, force, it forces you to do what you should do every year. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and so what happens is, you know, at the end of the day, the game of basketball is pretty simple. So, yeah. you got you got to defend really hard. You got to rebound, and you got to take care of the ball. Okay, so if you do them three things, you always got a chance to win. So typically, we have a lot of set plays. We got a motion offense. We got some ball screen actions. You know, some isolations for certain players that are very capable of getting stuff done with space. So we have a lot of different things we do. But I, I, I've forced myself and my staff have kind of helped me to try to say, hey, look, let's not do what we would typically do and put so much in where we, we confuse these guys. And so um, we were fortunate. We got six new guys, but three of them are transfers. So out of the six, you got three guys who've been in college basketball already. So they've been pretty savvy. So I've been able to throw some stuff at them and they've been able to handle it. Uh, so that's been fortunate, uh, fortunate thing for us. But, but really, man, just trying to keep it a little more simple. Um, you know, the game of basketball ain't that complicated. You know, you're trying to put the ball in the basket and uh, you're trying to stop them from putting it in there. So, you know, uh, I think that's what we what we had to do. And I think a lot of coaches had to try to be a little more simplistic, you know, with the short period of time to get everything in. I think this year, Coach, playing hard is going to be a different fact that a lot of games. Who plays harder? Who has more energy? Who's hustling harder? Because right, right, right. this year is so different than the end of the year. It's, hey, you might have talent and skill, but if you just play harder that night, they might have somebody out with COVID or whatever. You can still get the win as long as you play hard and stick to your simple principles. You can win the game no matter what. Right, right. Well, well, you're right. I mean, you're 100% right because it's going to come down to defense, and effort. And what I mean by that is – you know, if you go in the gym, and I think that's what happened in the NBA bubble. If you go in the gym to play a game, well, you can't depend on all the 5,000 to 7,000 fans to bring that juice to you. So you got to bring your own energy. Like, you got to be – I told somebody the other day, the teams that are going to be successful are the teams that have players where they guys really love this game, man. Like, mm-hmm. playing because they desire to compete is really high. They ain't playing for no fans. You know, they don't need the fans to kind of be there to watch them. 
they going they play because they love to compete. And so whoever can bring their own energy, and whoever got some of those self-motivated guys to get the group going, uh, with them energetic guys to get the group going, I think they're going to have a better opportunity to be successful. Now, Coach, how are your scheduling thing going, man? Because, you know, bro, I, I know it was tough for you because it took away two weeks of scheduling, and then you got to worry about trying to schedule around rules in different states because I know here in Georgia, it's about like in Carolina, it's the same kind of similar rules. But up north is different, right? So scheduling games, how how did that go to trying to go do that around COVID and knowing the rules of states got different rules? I mean, yeah, scheduling was a challenge. Um, you know, we were able to figure it out. I mean, obviously, when they pushed the season back from November the 10th to November 25th, um, we'd already had, you know, between November the 10th and 25th, we'd already had five or six games on the schedule. We would have played six games. So, uh, and three of them was going to be in the ESPN tournament, Charleston Classic, which is to take place in our building. So, uh, when they pushed the season back, obviously, that Charleston Classic no longer was going to be able to take place here. They tried to move it to Orlando. Uh, and do the ESPN tournament down in Disney. We waited around for that little while, and that didn't work out. So uh, we just moved on with our schedule. So we were very fortunate to, you know, put together a very presentable schedule uh, with five games at home and two games, you know, on the road. With the two games on the road being one in Atlanta at Georgia State, and the other one being in Chapel Hill at North Carolina. So other than that, we got five games at home, and and so I think we were able to do a really good job of of, you know, uh, reshuffling the deck and, uh, you know, making it work. Thinking about, you know, your conferences, a lot of these are bus trips. So you don't really get on a plane. So that helps you out a lot. So unless you really got to go up to Northeastern, that's probably a plane. But beyond there, you know, Hofstra maybe. But really, it's a good bus lead to do because you don't really get on a plane and worry about getting your guys infected on a plane as well. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got to, we gotta, you know, be on that bus a good bit this year. Typically, man, we would charter those flights uh, or we would go a commercial flight to – to a lot of those games in the league. If you think about it, you know, we do have two Virginia schools um, and we have the, you know, seven, eight hours. So we would charter those flights or take a commercial flight. And then you talked about the two Northern schools up North, New York and, and Boston. You know, those are flights as well, but we, we, can, we got some teams in Carolina where we can get around to on a bus. Uh, if we had to stretch it and take a bus to get to, to one of the Virginia schools, we can. Uh, this year with COVID, you know, I'm more, I'm more inclined to want to be on the bus this year. Just with my team, my oh, bubble, my bubble, who I know tested three times a week. I know those guys are negative, and you know we'll we'll travel together. So I'd rather spend a couple more hours on the bus to do that instead of getting on a plane all the time and and being exposed with all these other different people who you don't even know if they took a COVID test at all or you know if they if they if they're not healthy. Well, for your coach, this now, how'd you kind of address what you young men about social, social unrest in the country? I've been African American head coach, coached a lot of young black men, so I just kind of approached them with talking about what's going on so they can understand better, like you and I understand about the world and how to approach it, handle themselves going forward for 2020 and beyond. Right, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing with that man is you have to be educated, you know, you can't just be out here looking on Twitter and looking on all these social uh platforms to try to figure out what's really going on because what will happen is the more you look at social media and the more you just kind of pay attention to, to what you hand through that social outlet, you know, you might not have the accurate information. So I guess the biggest thing you tell the guys is to educate yourself, man. Like, and don't be so quick to put stuff out that you're not sure your stance on. Like, don't be tweeting stuff. Don't be always, you know, retweeting if you don't have the information you need because 
I think the education part is the most important thing. Understanding that here in 2020, this ain't the first time you've seen any social unrest. I mean, you know, uh, this has been going on for, for a while. So, and it's a responsibility that they have to try to represent their family, um, themselves in the community by making good decisions to uh, maybe reverse some of the thoughts that make people have of, you know, them and their culture, you know, by, by being a good citizen, being a good student, um, you know, so you blaze a trail for the next young man to come after you, you know, by treating people with respect, you know, again, educating yourself. And then the way I look at it is, you know, choose love. You know, you don't have to have hate um, to try to combat what you see out there, man. You got to choose love and, and uh, you know, and, and, and go that route. But just trying to educate them. Uh, obviously, if they want to have a voice, you know, and they want to get out and do some things to um, try to bring an attention to what's been going on and try to you know make a positive change i tell them if you want to have a voice just make sure you know what you're voicing and just make sure you know what you're fighting for if you do that i'll support you so uh, that's kind of how we've been handling it um you know we got a really good group and we got a really good staff uh, to kind of support these players and communicate with them uh, we've had a lot of open discussions you know about uh, race you know and obviously we got diverse groups so you know we got all races in our locker room. We got kids from Africa who don't know nothing about racism. We got a you know, kid from Australia. Uh, we got guys, you know, white coaches, black coaches. So we've been able to have, for the first time, man, like I'm, I'm 40 years old, the first time I've ever had these real open conversations with such a diverse group and it's been healthy because it's something we wanted to talk about for years on both sides. And we've just been able to start having these real conversations now. So. I think, I think having real conversations and, and, and not holding back and letting different backgrounds and different races express themselves about different topics, we start to understand and appreciate the differences of each other and understand maybe why he don't see it the way I see it and I don't see it the way he see it. Oh, definitely. Coach Grant, thank you for your time. As always, my brother. Much love to you. Good to see you, man. I hope to see you. Let me know when you're playing state, man. So I'll try to come on and see you guys play. So let me know. I'll see your attention text. Let me know when y'all playing outside so I can make job. Come on and see you guys play Rob and those boys. Yeah, absolutely, man. That'd be awesome, man. Appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.